halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fuck it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, this is Camilo Fantasia. Hi, this is Jenny Tear. Hi, this is Kim Gaynor. And you're listening to Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. I'm listening. <laughs> Tell me about the new middle age. I want to hear all about it. You're about to hear all about it. <laughs> oh, wow. So what's going on, everybody? Where are we physically? Kim's hard to pin down. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm in Harlem, USA at the moment. All so right. again, cheap Prosecco and, um, you know, uh, living the dream. I love that you clarified Harlem, USA, that it's not like Harlem, the Netherlands. Yeah, because there is Harlem, the Nether Netherlands, and I've been known to pop in there as well. Just thought oh, you'd know. Probably not a great place to be right now. I don't know if it's underwater or not. Yeah, this flooding is crazy in Europe. Yeah. Western Europe. Yeah, they spent all that time and effort keeping the sea out, and who knew, like, the rivers would do them in. Get this, you guys. My brother, who lives in Germany, went fishing this past week. What? Yeah. Please tell I... me it wasn't. Please tell me you didn't stand on some, like, rooftop no. <laughs> while people are fish, trying to fish out their possessions. He's actually literally fishing for carp. He's, yeah, he's not that much of a freak close but you know germany has like a lot of QAnon like oh supporters which is so great like did you get the q drop um anyway <laughs> he i sent a message to him i emailed him and called got no answer and then i oh emailed my uh nie my stepniece and she was like yeah he's fine he's uh he's fishing <laughs> It's just bizarre, but presumably fishing during a flood. It's like right. fiddling during Rome's burning. You need to adapt. You know, yeah. people are coming to Nero's defense now. Apparently, like they're saying that he wasn't as bad an emperor as reputation, the reputation that has clung on to him, and that he wasn't actually fiddling. He was diddling. Well, yeah, maybe he was diddling, diddling boys, probably, but um, <laughs> yeah. Most likely. I read that essay, which was in the New Yorker, which is, you know, the like survey monkey of all respectable opinion. And um, oh, wow. somebody once told me, somebody once told me that the New Yorker was middle brow. Ooh, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's still, it's enjoyable, but um, I don't know if that article really completely uh let him off the hook because he still did some pretty terrible things even with his new reformed image i didn't read the article but i am a long time you know student of roman culture oh. i three years of latin in high school i took 
Greek and Roman architecture. I took a lot of things like that in college. So Nero was always a popular topic of discussion. And he 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 did a lot of diddling of, mm. of <laughs> boys, girls, you name it. And um, yeah, yeah, he's kind of nuts, but tell, I mean. Tell me more hot goss about Nero. Because I don't really know. He killed his mother or like yeah. his mother killed or made her kill herself. I mean, he after he like boned her. I mean, he was, you know, he had some, there were some things going, things going on. I was going to say the only thing I know in Latin, Kim, is in vino veritas. Yes, that's a good one. I in know. vino veritas. With that, I take a swig of my vino. <laughs> I know etc. And sine qua non. Um, sine qua non. Uh, although I don't exactly know what it means, but with without that, nothing. Without that, I mean, that's the literal translation. Sine I mean, is without. I know that. And, and I know ad astra, which is uh, part of the Kansas State motto yeah. and a movie with Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Two stars. E pluribus unum. Mm, yeah. You know what it means? Out of many, we are one. Good. Hard cosine. <laughs> <laughs> Out of many, we are Q and none. That is a hot. I'm gonna. I'm gonna definitely put that on a T-shirt. So do the so do the German Q QAnon followers think the U.S. is a cabal of pedophiles or also Germany? Oh, also Germany, definitely. Okay. Global elite pedophile ring. Uh, That's okay. what I was going to ask. Like, why do they care? But okay, so the pedophile ring, uh, the a pedophile pizza ring, which seems really awfully American, also extends to Germany, or is it like liverwurst there? <laughs> liverwurst <laughs> pedophile <laughs> ring. No, it's the brat, the brat worst, and they only do it to brats. <laughs> They also sell children to rich people. Okay, Kim, it is an international pedophilia ring. Right. It knows no borders. Okay, the appetite of rich pedophiles knows no borders. That's like a great slogan for their restaurant. <laughs> Wait, what? The pedophile liverwurst restaurant? <laughs> knows no borders, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of believable in the Germanic countries, which is the epicenter of like keeping a child locked up in the basement, right, for years as a sex slave. Remember when that was just a thing that kept coming out of Austria? I remember a thing. I don't even know if we can talk about it on our E-rated podcast, but this came out of Germany. Um, this guy was trying to find someone to kill but before he killed him before he killed him he wanted to eat him yes before he finished eating him he wanted to have sex with him so it was a like nibble kill nibble sex nibble yeah. kill love laugh <laughs> <laughs> yes a new movie by Miramax and a theater near you yeah, that happened in Germany. I mean, what is that? Is that something in the national consciousness? Let's not let's not piss off our German listeners. 
Um, no, but no, I think no. every place has its <laughs> nibblers. I'll put it that <laughs> way. While you were saying that, Kim, all I kept on thinking about was that song, I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or I was thinking, I was thinking, this is a time on Sprockets when we dance, like on SNL. <laughs> like, why are the Germans always these weirdos that just have this like heightened beyond sense of style and aesthetic and maybe sexual appetites yeah yeah exactly because the thing about that story you were telling is that it was consensual it, it was wasn't like you know yeah, it story. wasn't like the guy got drawn in into this scheme he wanted totally to be consensual eaten. yeah and, and and it was carried out the guy met they God, it's so bad, you guys. So uh, trigger warning, uh, if you don't want to hear anything gory, I'm about to to say, you know, some of the details. But yeah, they cut off his member and then the guy fried it in a frying pan. And then meanwhile, the guy was bleeding. Oh, I think they had sex first. And then the guy was bleeding out and then he ate it. And it was just horrific, horrific. Wow. Yeah. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that HBO show about the motel room where every episode is just a complete, completely different story. Have you seen that? It's called Room Something. I've heard of it. There, there's yeah. a whole episode where they replicate this event. So these two, like, very, two frumpy middle-aged guys meet in the room, and they're talking, and then they're, like, having, you know, very uninteresting chat and then they just say okay shall we do it and then they proceed to cut up cut off one of the penises and fry it in the motel room do you think that the the um let's not spend too much time on this although yeah I agree. but do you think that there is an ethical case to be made for those two men since it was consensual I suppose being allowed to do something so depraved as long as they both agreed and were of sound mind and they felt like it was ultimately an end to pleasure itself. I mean, our bodies, people can modify their bodies as they please, right? Consensually. I mean, is there, I, I don't even know what happened in this case. Was there some you kind of- You seem to know the detail. I mean, we both do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you you pretty much described what happened. We've 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 covered it. I don't know what the consequences were. I feel if like any. I saw. Hmm? If any, right? Well, one one consequence was the one guy died, but I, I'm wondering. I'm not sure if the other guy is actually in jail right now, or not. He might not be. Would be a good law and order. <laughs> you cannot put that on on TV. <laughs> you can on hbo yeah it's not tv it's hbo okay this is why i don't watch network television because they will not show dismemberment and cannibalism <laughs> that's uh, why i only watch hbo don't 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 <laughs> that theme song is just inherently funny at this point yeah guys i think we should get to our segments because we have a very important uh question from a listener right so we have to save time for that at the end yes. yeah 
So who should start first? I, I can never can wait to hear what the kids are up to. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, oh, as if. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about what the kids are up to. This is an ongoing debate, and I find that it is still timely. I'm seeing articles about this still, so I thought I'd talk about it because we touched on this earlier, and there's something about it that really bothers me, and that is the ongoing generational war between Gen Y and Gen Z. It's so ridiculous at this point. The gauntlet was thrown when Gen Y said, sorry, millennials, also known as Gen Y, but your skinny jeans are ridiculous. They look stupid. They're not cool anymore. You're telling me, we're telling you that they're not cool. And, you know, you've got to stop this. And the millennials had a very kind of violent reaction to this. So on one hand, I think that the you know, TikTok is definitely the platform of, of uh, all generations, really. Well, not all, but definitely millennials are full, have fully embraced it. Um, and even some of our kind have fully embraced it. But Gen Z owns TikTok. So the Gen Zers were burning skinny jeans. The Gen Wires reacted violently and started, you know, storming the Capitol. No, storming the barricades. Storming the Capitol. Did you see you guys on January 6th? How many skinny jeans <laughs> banged down the doors of, of Congress? It was appalling. Just super tight. And so you can't really blame the Gen Zers for being kind of disgusted with it but it it goes it goes deeper than that so you know they just kind of trade barbs over tiktok there have been some very very cringy sort of responses to the gen zers um i don't know what this chick's name is maybe we'll put in a clip of her response to this uh, beef uh she's a millennial she wrote this song and the the gist of it is you can pry my skinny jeans from my cold dead hands. I and know, not body. She didn't say my cold dead ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, then that's weird. I think maybe she's wearing them and then she's like clutching on to them at the same time. So I think that's the picture I'm getting. Um she really missed an opportunity for a much better quip because Skinny jeans are notoriously hard to, to take off. So I really think she should have worked with that. I dare you to try to pull these off of me. I'm so workshopping it. We're going to put one in the Gen Z camp because <laughs> clearly Gen Y lacks wit. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I don't know, but there is something to be said i mean a lot of gen, gen zers came back and said you guys you're taking this are you are you okay millennials you're taking this real real hard like listen we're young you ain't it anymore this is what happens and i think this is interesting well first of all like the obvious 
thing to note from our perspective is that we're completely left out of the conversation. It's, you know, everybody gets relegated to okay boomer. So now the millennials are effectively for all intents and purposes, boomers. And we're, we're, we're not even part of the conversation, which is very, very insulting as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, they trade barbs that, you know, the millennials say, you, you guys are ridiculous. You're eating Tide Pods and you haven't even learned cursive. And, and then the Gen Zers say, you guys are ridiculous. Skinny jeans don't look good on any body and neither do side parts. And you were supposed to save the planet. And you know what your generation is known for? School shootings. That's your culture. So it's, it gets really, wow. really, you know? Um, what do we need I, to burn? What do we need I to think, burn to make a statement so they notice us? What do we burn to make a statement? Well, Kim has described most of my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Which side? The jeans or the, well, Gen Z's um, are all about the mom jeans. Side parts and skinny jeans, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to keep up with the youths, and I didn't realize that they were going to be surpassed by other youths. Canceled. Um, canceled, basically. Can you tell me what are the gene styles of the Gen Y? Yes, yes, I can. So they are, they are mom jeans, essentially. They're oh, you mean Gen Z. We're talking about Gen Z, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, Gen Z. Is that, is that the question, Jen? It's yeah. so, it's so middle-aged of you to not, not even be able to tell them apart, Jen. <laughs> we can't even have this conversation because <laughs> no matter what part of that, that we're talking about. <laughs> Which ones are the ones that are more like children and which ones are the teens? <laughs> Just tell me which jeans to buy to look young. <laughs> you guys, I, I have for the, in the bonus materials that we keep referring to that have not materialized, I'm wearing, I'm wearing oh. what I was told are Gen Z approved pants. They're really they're cute. They're, they're riding well above my belly button and they're like a jogging pants style on the bottom. I'm sorry, but nobody looks good in these jeans. <laughs> nobody, definitely not myself, but I noticed that, you know, I feel less invisible when I'm sort of in line with this Gen Z sort of aesthetic. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I can sort of, blend in from afar but then like today when I had my little mini brunch the guy came up to me and I I was sending back my old-fashioned and I was like there is some off taste in this and he's like are you sure this is how an old-fashioned is made I'm like I'm almost 50 years old I pulled that out because you know I feel like otherwise people feel like you have lack of authority but there I was sitting in my you know Gen Z approved jeans um, arguing with this Gen Zer about a cocktail that you know he has just been eligible to drink for maybe a month, so you know it's annoying. But I, I do think um, it's kind of fun to watch, and I think you guys, as Gen Xers, this is our moment to fucking take over shit, to finally do something. Wow, they're they're fighting amongst themselves. Mm. You know, it's our turn to, to, to storm the it's capital. Our turn to 
<laughs> horrible jeans. Like you guys, if you could think of the craziest fucking jeans that, and just say, okay, this is the style now. What bring back the backwards jeans. Bring back the crisscross backwards <laughs> jeans. I am gonna bring back true religion and the heart. Well, I heard. I was horrified to hear that. Gen Z is not only bringing back like Jinker style jeans that like drag on the ground and get frayed and bringing everything from outside into the inside. Yeah, they are. But like, yeah, that true religion kind of stuff. And uh, what was the name of that guy with like the overly designed t-shirts and uh, Ed Hardy. yeah, and they're wearing Ed Hardy, presumably ironically. What? I, I, God, I hope it's ironically. I I'm <laughs> very into this. I think this is. <laughs> I think this is really great. I could do that look. I think if we burn an Ed Hardy t-shirt, maybe maybe we could get into uh, the public consciousness. It's like the dazzled skulls. And <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I say we bring back Minoan Crete, where women wore these sort of corsets that came just under their boobs, and the tits were just out. But they were <laughs> out and proud. You know, this is... This is pre-Madonna. Um, you know, it was all featuring this boob area right there. And they just boom, boom, like like two bullets, but like bare breastuses. So yeah, Minoan Crete blouses and corsets with tits out. And then anti-Ed Hardy jeans or... I don't know how ridiculous. Can, can I be a minotaur? I'll be the minotaur. You, absolutely, you can. You absolutely you can. And, and you know, one thing that brought this home um, for me is like I was reading an article. I think it's Inside Hook is the publication, but like about the 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 stylistic poster girls in this case for these generations of which you know this conversation we're not a part of as i said but taylor swift sorry to break it to you camilo old news she, <laughs> she, a, she is a ridiculous millennial yeah, Bill is where it's at she is the ultimate uh, Gen Z goddess. They no, she betrayed Gen Z by going all like glam. They were so devastated. No, no, she's back. I think I think you know she has enough Gen Z cred that she can recover from that. But yeah, I'll admit I like Taylor Swift because do you know the story? She took on private equity because they bought all of the rights to her songs, and she basically. Mm war on them scooter and brown baby it's amazing she re-recorded her songs and released them mm -hmm. so that effectively profit off of these new versions she sort of tweaked them which i think is very smart and she was very public and kind of like essentially calling them out for their rapacious parasitic practices so I think that she can transcend. I, I actually think she can bring peace to the land. She might be the FDR type of figure that we're looking for. Unite us all against the true forces of evil. Well, listen, I have to say, I have also got a Gen Z, Gen Y type of story in my health and fitness. Are you guys ready? 
Once again, from the failing New York Times. I'm Let's sorry. hear it. Every Those week, hacks. it's always from this hack newspaper. But it no, is no, you were also telling us stuff from the middle brow New Yorker. So you've right. got I, very varied sources. It's no. As long I, as the word New York is embedded in your sources. It's true. It's like the West Elm of opinion, like <laughs> journalism. Okay. <laughs> Guys, here's the title. You may not want to get your beauty tips from TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is bringing in big business for doctors, but they'd kindly like it to stop. This article is full of so many amazing choice stories. Okay, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Quote, I always know when something is trending on TikTok because I'll have an influx of patients coming in and asking me about the same thing, said Dr. <laughs> Nikit Sonpal, a gastroenterologist in New York. That is not the kind of doctor I was expecting to hear about. <laughs> well, wait, wait. For Plastic the surgeon, maybe. <laughs> well, listen, the kind of um, advice being dispensed on TikTok is uh, there's quite a variety. Most of the time, that thing is a beauty or wellness tip that's gone viral on the video sharing platform without evidence that it actually works. The advice may be ineffective or outright dangerous from drinking chlorophyll to induce weight loss to using sunscreen only in select areas to naturally contour your face. We talk about TikTok all the time in my office, said Dr. Dendi Engelman, a dermatologist and cosmetic surgeon in New York. And there I we go. Might, yeah, well, boom. And I think it might be worse than other platforms because people are really looking to create content with that wow factor, the thing that will go viral, even if it's grounded in science. It's not surprising that the app that brought us the Benadryl Challenge, taking large doses of the antihistamine to induce hallucinations, and the Everclear test doing shots of high of the high proof alcohol is not a font of doctor approved beauty guidance what was it a test okay. of um i guess well the benadryl how much everclear you can handle before passing out yeah and benadryl before you started to hallucinate all right this is the most amazing detail i'm going to bring up two so good um, okay, take slugging, a TikTok trend, advising people to sleep with a thick layer of Vaseline on their faces to aid hydration. Videos with the hashtag have 14.4 million views on the platform, and the trend has been promoted by influencers. But dermatologists warn that it can have adverse effects on your skin. Yeah, such as blocking every single pore. <laughs> yes, essentially. Putting an onclusive on your skin and letting it sit overnight sets you up for exacerbating clogged pores and breakouts. Then there's the sunscreen contouring, which Dr. Neera Nathan, a dermatologist at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, heard about to her horror from one of her patients. Okay, now I'm going to skip ahead to this amazing story about this 
reality TV star in Australia. Tilly Whitfield, a reality TV star from Australia's Big Brother, has learned firsthand just how dangerous beauty trends can be. After spending her time on the 24-hour surveillance-style show wearing clay masks or heavy makeup, she was questioned by viewers about what she was hiding and confessed vaguely on Instagram in May that a TikTok beauty trend had damaged her skin. Last August, she was browsing TikTok when she came across a video teaching people how to give themselves freckles using sewing needles and ink that were oh. said to fade within six months. Since the video didn't clarify what, what type of ink to get, she ordered brown tattoo ink she found on eBay, which she later discovered was a counterfeit product made with high levels of lead and began pricking her face in a freckle pattern. What? It didn't hurt at all, so I didn't think I should stop, said Mrs. Whitfield, who went on over the mark <laughs> multiple times as advised by the video's creator. There weren't any faux freckles, and her face swelled up from infection, which caused her to briefly lose sight in one eye, she said. Oh now, she now has scarring across her cheeks and nose, with, with nearly 12,000 already sunk into doctor's visits. Miss Whitfield has yet to find a solution to correct the damage. Laser removal is apparently not an option because doctors have told her the ink she used will turn black rather than fade. That's horrific. Wow. I, I mean, I know that freckles are in, but good grief. Okay. I want you all to Google this woman's name and freckles. Okay. What's her because name? I, her name is Ms. Whitfield. Tilly Whitfield. Tilly Whitfield. Okay. I want to see all... Oh my God. Let me see. Oh my God. Oh, poor thing. She's so young. Yeah. So basically Holy... she's she's disfigured. Yeah. It's it's horrific. It's not just ink. It, it looks like um heavy scarring. Yeah, I know. Listeners, please do not take beauty advice from TikTok is clearly the moral of the story. Also, the incredible power of social media. I was going to say that, is this the result of our extreme, extremely overpriced medical system? But it's Australia, so I don't know what the costs are down there. I do have to say the first thing I noticed were her enormous lips, even before the scarring. So she's clearly, I think she's dabbled in um, other types of self-modification previously. Not to judge, but it looks like it's not her first time out of the rodeo. Yeah, clearly if somebody's doing that, they're they're prone to extreme measures to kind of like manipulate their face. But I think stuff like putting Vaseline on your face and you can see how people would be are, are susceptible to that. What's the dumbest beauty thing you've ever tried, personally? I think it's an ongoing experiment with me. <laughs> <laughs> this keeps getting dumber and dumber. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, really. I mean, at one point, I had, like, almost no eyebrows. I think that's pretty dumb. That was, like, in the 90s. Just from plucking them? Yeah. Because that was in, but they, it looked horrible on me. Because I have just like large features. So I was like, 
person, this alien person with two big bug eyes and, you know, these huge features and no eyebrows. You really need eyebrows. They're important. But you guys beware. If the Gen Zers say that eyebrows are out, then you're going to fucking have to shave your eyebrows and they'll be out. <laughs> That's right. You can always tattoo them back in like in middle-aged Russian women. Yeah, or you can get some ink off of eBay and uh, <laughs> go to town with the needle. Right. Um, I think uh, this is going to be controversial, but getting my nose pierced. You got your nose pierced in college. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was the height of grunge fashion. You remember that? Let's bring back grunge fashion. Okay, that we can do, Doc Martin. I've I thought it is back with Billy. Yeah, Irish. it kind of is. I mean, okay. sort of. It's this weird amalgam of like baggy grunge. Like when I think of Billie Eilish, I don't know. She's kind of like half like raver girl, half grunge, half. I don't know what she is, but. Yeah, I also think she embraced your your trend, um, Kim, when she did that Vogue cover right, when she's in a corset with her boop you know she oh Minoan Crete wasn't yeah. my I mean it's several thousand years old but thank you for giving me props <laughs> so well, I have a dentist grade tooth picking thing you know like the little uh, one end is like a hook and the, the other end is like a different kind of hook that you can scrape the back of your teeth with miraculously I have not stabbed myself and infected myself yet with this thing but so you're doing at-home dentistry is what you're as doing? I'm doing at-home dentistry the, ent the entire time I'm thinking this is a huge mistake you really should not be doing this but I do get plaque out so it's very satisfying yeah dentists everywhere are cringing <laughs> wait so you have an industrial home teeth picker is that it do you want to see it no, I don't. <laughs> I know I know what it looks like. <laughs> I'm just not trying to have a, a, a dent, dentist flashback at, at this point because it's not my favorite place. But uh, yes, we know. It was a skinny little sharp little hook. Yeah, that they scrape away at you with. Yes. How I have to ask, and then we'll move on because I don't know if I can, my mouth can handle talking about this subject too much longer. How often do you do this? Oh, once a month. And and do you feel like it helps you? Mm, yeah, very satisfying. Do you know that people have years of training to, to do what you're doing, which I'm sure seems very easy. But you have to But how do you know away. you're not you're how do you know you're not scraping off your enamel and damaging the surface of your okay, I don't know any of that. Because I'm not trained to do this, so I know nothing about what's happening except that the space here and the space here and here and here, stuff comes off, and it's just addictive. Camila, and I floss every day. Did Good. you hear about this on TikTok? Can you can be honest with us? <laughs> this precedes TikTok. Yeah, maybe I. Sh That's my route to becoming a TikTok influencer. I'm going to start peddling this. Yeah, at home dentistry. At home dentistry. Yeah, why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> Hi, this is Camila Fontesio, and welcome to my TikTok. It's <laughs> called at home 
at the dentist with Camilo. <laughs> I'm going to do an extraction today. Teeth talk. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, I would talk to your dentist about this. <laughs> your real dentist. Now, we know that Kim's therapist might be listening. I wonder if my dentist is listening. <laughs> we need all of our healthcare professionals listening. <laughs> to like intervene. They need, we need, they need all the help. Yeah, they can get dealing with us. What if you guys get a surprise bill in the mail and it's just like your healthcare provider who listened to the podcast? <laughs> Thing. This is where the additional work we're going to have to do to undo all of the damage you've caused yourself, yeah. psychologically or and or physically. That is. <laughs> wow. Oh, is is that a wrap on the beauty or? Um... Yes, it is. But listeners, we'd love to hear what your uh, most um, extreme beauty. Yes. Yes, please. There is was that you've done in your life. <laughs> I'd love to know. Yeah. I second that wholeheartedly. You know where to find us. You know where to find us. Uh, it is at, let's see if I can not fuck this up. <laughs> Halfway there, the podcast at gmail.com. Which is a Speaking perfect way into. Yes. We finally got some listener questions. Can we yeah. get a. Yes. But yes. not yet. Not yet, because I have to inform you guys about what's happening in the future. Future. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh gosh. Sorry. We need to mm -hmm. go to the future first. In 30 years, mm -hmm. stuff will be different. different. How different? How different? We don't know. We don't know. But we'll speculate we'll for the show. show. Come along for the ride. Let us go to the future. Strap your spaceship seatbelt. Because we're flying out into space and then back to Earth, because I'm not actually talking about space. I'm talking about the things that are happening down here. So are you all familiar with the CRISPR technology? Yes. Do you know what it stands for? I don't know what this is. It's gene splitting, correct? Yes, but do you know what the word stands for? CRISPR or the uh, acronym. Good God. What what is it? Uh, acronym. Thank you. Acronym. I knew it started with A. So it is clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. Clearly, somebody sat in a lab like over a few. Oh God! And just tried to come up with a random sequence of words that made kind of sense. But all right. So CRISPR. It is a Apparently very simple, according to a scientist uh, quoted in an article that I was reading, which is that let's say you have a mutation in your gene that makes, makes you uh, predisposed to sickle, uh, sickle cell cancer, right? Basically, they train... Anemia. Sure, yeah. Uh, is, that the, is that the street name for it? <laughs> it's the actual name. It's sickle cell anemia. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, You're I did welcome. look. I did like ten minutes of research on this. What do you want? It's it's a black people thing, so I felt like, okay. oh God, it's my job to to chime in here. Yes, please do, please do. I'm just impressed. You know what the acronym for CRISPR is? I'm just I'm very good at reading it off the screen. I was gonna say. <laughs> I 
should have not said that. I should have pretended like I actually knew it off the top of my head, but no, I don't. And I even now, having said it, I could not repeat it to you. So they basically they basically recreate this uh, evil DNA in a lab, and then they train this thing, Cas9, to go after the section that's no bueno, and then they put that modified uh, DNA strand or RNA strand into your system. And then this is the part where it all falls apart for me because this thing looks for and cuts out all of the bad gene sections. We're back to genes. <laughs> cuts out all the mom genes, all the skinny genes. <laughs> and then they go back in and they replace the part they cut out with like the good stuff that won't kill you. How all this transpires, like that middle step, not explained, no idea how this thing knows to like go around your body and locate what's not working and replacing it with, you know, the good sequence, the good gene sequence blows my mind. But anyway, the, the reason I brought this up is because there's fear that right now, you know, the, the research is into curing diseases that are gene related. So it's fantastic. Cancer, hormone sickle cell, Huntington's and other other really debilitating, life-threatening diseases even. So it's an amazing technology, but there's fear that in the future it'll be used to gene edit embryos mm -hmm. to give them more desirable characteristics. So this brings us back to one of my favorite Ethan Hawke Jude Law vehicles, maybe the only one, Gattaca. <laughs> Never seen it. Oh, it's good. I don't know if it would hold up right now, but this is exactly what it's about where the privileged in society have been gene edited to be perfect human beings, i.e. Jude Law. <laughs> and then Ethan Hawke is just a frumpy regular, you know, with no alterations. And- Done at home dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of all ties into the, you know, our constant discourse about the haves and the haves not in this world. We, when scientists fear that somebody is going to do this, somebody is going to do this. Rich people are absolutely 100% going to edit their babies to have whatever are more desirable characteristics. And this technology is in its infancy and it's accelerating. The research is super fast. I mean, it's just developing super quickly. In 2012, it kind of started happening. And now they can just go in and like do these things. It, what's jumped out at me is like you can get a kit for $65. And I was like, wait, a kit? I can do this at home? Dentistry. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just uh, mail so, order away. So in, in 30 years, I am absolutely certain that maybe the U.S. will curtail. There will be some kind of legislation that bans this or tries to keep tabs on it, assuming we're still a democracy. But countries like China... I feel like they're absolutely 100% going to gene edit. And, and that's also, they're also one of the leaders in, in this research. Yes, I believe a Chinese doctor already did it. Yeah. He but, uh, effectively gene edited the first child. Um, and I think he faced pretty severe ethical consequences. Um, in China? Yes, I think, I believe so. I think he was removed from his position or, because I've, I've heard, about the woman who's who was who invented this she's an american scientist and i don't know if she's mit or um she might be vanderbilt um 
uh, yeah, there's a lot of ethical questions about this kind of technology and what it's going to do. And I believe the Moderna vaccine came out of CRISPR mm -hmm. technology. They used it to discover and invent the vaccine. Yeah. I heard that as well about the vaccine. I find it hard to, I, I, I like you, I'm, I, it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around exactly what it is other than in the most like abstract, I just know gene editing, but the idea that they take your DNA, I didn't even, I, yeah, it's. Can, can they not already do this? I mean, is this not something like um, in vitro fertilization you pump a woman with a cycle of drugs to make her to make her ovulate and then you harvest uh, the said eggs and then you fertilize the ones that are good but but is there not some element of gene editing in like which of these eggs um, we're going to use? Can't they be genetically tested for certain traits and then disposed of if they don't meet those criteria, whatever the criteria are of the parents? Yeah, I think I think what the breakthrough here is how cheap it is to do this, apparently. As I was saying about the $65 mm -hmm. kits, I don't know what the kits are, how they're using them, what, you know, whether it's like a something you get from Amazon and you break it open, you know? <laughs> I keep hearing kids, like $65 kids. And I know that the going rate for a yeah. kid is a lot more than that right now. So, but you were saying kids. Kids, yes. yes but humanity yes. has humanity has always gene edited. I mean, all everything we eat nowadays is based on long-term, you know, modification of genes and splicing this and getting rid of that. Sure. So it's just how rapid this is apparently and how affordable and how quick, um, which is the same as rapid, but just another word that means the same thing and uh <laughs> and, and uh because because of its quick uh, applicability i'm actually surprised to hear from jen that china cracked down on this because it seems like the kind of thing they would embrace to create like a super army you know like yeah. Some... yeah that is also something i believe is is of a concern that they that they um they will use it for that purposes. I mean, it's it's really interesting. It's a huge ethical question of what progress means. Um, I don't really know what to think of it, honestly, because on the one hand, because I'm a Luddite and I, I'm naturally distrustful of like technological progress because I don't think it's always a net good. I guess my question is, um, but then I think about like Alzheimer's, you know, seeing somebody go through that and it's so incredibly painful that i don't think anyone in a way should have to see that or experience that or families have to go through that and i think of like the history of us curing disease and it's and it's like i'm not a christian scientist you know i don't think i sh we should like run and throw our prescription pills into the river because you know god gave us the disease so we you know, God gave us, God taketh away kind of thing. But this just seems ethically, like an ethical morass. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, edit, editing for disease is one thing. Editing for uh, physical characteristics, eye color, hair color, heights, or other genetic diseases like sickle cell anemia, that is one. Has used, has, um, used genetics 
and has advanced, quote unquote, so far in the practice of, of uh, eugenics that there are no flaws in people. So even things like uh, Ethan Hawke having to wear contact lenses because he had slightly less than perfect vision was something that might get you killed in that society. I don't think that it's too far-fetched to think that that's, you know, some place that we might be in the future if things are, are, are go awry in, in this way. And if you know? anything, the rich will always have the money and the resources to ensure that their offspring have, even if they have to do it in the black market, they will ensure that their offspring, not, all, not only are they already have the advantage of financial security, but they will have yeah. other physical, mental advantages of not being as susceptible to illness, maybe having physical traits that are more desirable at the time. I will say though that Ethan Hawke is having the last laugh because Jude Law is basically bald now. Oh my God. I mean, if there's anybody who's genetically superior at this point, um, it's, it's Ethan Hawke. I, although one time I was in a bar, side note, in Midtown, and this was shortly after, I think, the, the Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke divorce, and Ethan Hawke was making out with this just, like, chick in the back of a bar, just sloppy fiddle everywhere hands like gropey in public sort of making out and it was kind of sloppy but you know at least <laughs> that you know is, that's really on brand though i feel like it's really yeah for him yeah did you yell out reality bites <laughs> I, I didn't reality was biting each other's necks at that moment or you were like reality slobbering. That's fantastic. Very, very reality is sloppy. This it really is. And I think that that is ultimately the point is that you cannot, you cannot edit out imperfection, that it will find a way back in because that is part and parcel of the human condition and experience. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. This is a very, we could do an entire episode about this. This is such an, wild and interesting um ethical question let's revisit it, it is. in 10 years in our 10,000th episode yeah we'll be we're happens. gonna have to change our name at some point because we'll be more than halfway there well not with you know CRISPR with CRISPR maybe we're only a third of the way there or even better odds okay that's true, that's true. does it get increased life expectancy I'm sure at some point if you can just start removing uh, especially with cancer, you know, like if you can literally remove cancer cells or growth or multiplication from your body, that is huge. God, that is absolutely wild. That yeah. is wild that this is a technology that is just now going to be part of our existence, institutional mm -hmm. existence. It's, um, yeah, it's really incredible. Hey, are we ready to move on to our first ever letter from a listener? Yeah, we had a little teaser there. <laughs> a little tease. You thought, you thought we were going to lay it on you, but we didn't. 
not yet, but I think we're ready to. Um, should I take this? Yes, yeah. please do. Okay, so you guys, we have one of our long time listeners. <laughs> long time. I mean, he has been listening since episode one. It's episode seven. Um, he is an old time halfway there. -er. His name is Jordan. And he wrote in with a couple of questions that I think might be of interest um, to yourselves and our listeners. It seems, and, like um, like, it seems like you're trying to pull out the questions and just like <laughs> stalling for time. I was going to say, you probably <laughs> can tell that I am stalling right now, trying to pull up the questions. Um, and you would be yeah, correct. Okay. Building dramatic tension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is Jordan T. Um, one of our biggest fans, um, our best fan, I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, and um, here's hey, a couple of things. JT. JT, uh, shout uh, out. Tina might wanna have a word, Kim, but- Oh, okay. this is true, this is true. Well, they can, they can share uh, that honor. So anyway, you guys, listen. This is from Jordan T of New York. Anyway, you were all asking for relationship questions or the like, so I have a big one for you. I know some of y'all are spoke for, but I'm curious, what is the youngest you'll go? I've always used the scientific method patented by one Sir Isaac Newton of dividing your ages in half. <laughs> I never fact-checked this, Jordan, <laughs> but it's funny. Of, of dividing your ages in half and adding seven to find out the youngest you're allowed to have. But what is the absolute youngest you would go? So that's the first question. Um, I think maybe let's take this first. because So everybody figure out what's the youngest you're allowed to have. I'm doing that right now. I, I oh. think it's a sliding scale. Like I think... When you're younger, it should be someone around your age. But I think the older you get, the the more you can shave off the years. So that by the time I'm like a decrepit 75-year-old man, um, mm -hmm. and let's, if unfortunately Jim's not around because of something I may or may not have done, um, <laughs> wrong you you yeah. you didn't use the CRISPR kit right <laughs> yeah absolutely not and I will be dating an 18 year old because I'm 75 now so why not you know that's that's horrific I use Sir Isaac Newton's formula according to Jordan T of New York and I came up with the number 31 which sounds kind of crazy young Right, you can do the math according to the formula to figure out how old I am. No, thank you, I refuse. Okay, well then don't. I want to keep the illusion alive. It does seem about right. Like, I have to say, I was saying Jenny and Camila are in long-term, stable, loving, perfect, enduring oh. relationships, and I am not. Um, but if I was going to look for someone, well, they're looking for me apparently, and they 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 do tend to be younger because 
you know why because men get to like a certain age a grown-up age and then they just start going younger and younger so and then the older they get kind of what you were saying camilo the younger they think they should go and so when they're 40 they're like oh yeah 25 that looks good that's about right i look good yeah go to the gym 25 she's hot that's old enough when when they're 60 they're they're thinking okay 27 when they're 70 they're going to 18 like there's no way for me to get in there so the only thing to do is to date 30 year olds who are kind of like on this cusp of of manhood and where they're like okay well i've been dating these 18 year olds for like all this time but like maybe i could do something fun like dating an older woman so 31 does sound kind of young but i might i might and have done it <laughs> might in the future and have done in the past so that's your answer from me jordan t um camilo um i think has answered that he is a dirty old man and when he's 75 if jim is not around and he has properly used the crisper which i'm still unclear <laughs> about um that CRISPR he will be yeah, if it's the CRISPR kid is Amazon.com. <laughs> he will he will be dating a 17-year-old. And Jenny, if Ron James I, I, I want to say, I want to say here. I feel I feel like this is the pot calling the kettle black because I've so? always been with people who are age appropriate. And Kim has always snagged like the young hotties. So that's kind of true, isn't it? Based it on her to. record, I would say that she's going to be the 70 year old with like a hot 18 year old. Okay, don't put it past me. <laughs> I might endorse this scenario, but I'm going to keep neutral. Kim, since you talked about my incredibly perfect relationship, <laughs> um, when we have fights, which is, oh, never. Uh, I'm like, you can date somebody with big naturals, long hair, and who's like 18. But then you meet 18 year olds and they're so boring. So I'm like, you know what? Go for it. Because what is that conversation going to be like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's well, I mean, that opens up the question of like, what are we doing this for? What are our goals? you know deep conversation like or you know boot knocking sex i mean that's true i feel like every time he spoke to them they would just be like i'm triggered i'm triggered, <laughs> I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be they'd be triggered by everything like absolutely so be careful what you wish for uh <laughs> old creeps <laughs> i end up getting it you will um, you will be triggering the f out of Gen Z before you can get your you know get your jollies on. I'm gonna go back to Excel and I'm gonna figure out the form. I'm gonna redo this formula and then I'm gonna put it on TikTok, and oh, that's gonna make me TikTok famous. Are you gonna go viral? Yes, rules for dirty old men. But can you? <sighs> um. But in all seriousness, I mean, I think it really comes down to uh, 
if you feel like you have a connection with someone um, in a healthy way. Um, and I find that young people love them though I may, though I do, are, I gotta say, they're really infantilized. So I feel like this generation talking like an old fart here, they are, they are really not as mature as like we were. So. I like to think that, but I feel like a man child. Well, that's true. I do. Do you I, not have adulthood imposter syndrome? Well, I, you guys, that, that, that brings us very neatly into Jordan T's next question, actually. Um, and he says, or if you're not in uh, if you're not accepting relationship questions, which we are, and we did, Jordan. Um, my alternate is, um, we're taking both of your questions, Jordan. Um, your check is in the mail. Do you remember when you divorced yourself from your youthful habits or became more responsible? My father is a three quarters there, and he says that the addiction to lateness the going on multiple dates just stopped one day and he can't remember when it happened. When did it for y'all? And I have to add this. He says, I love the podcast. I don't have anything else in my feed like it. It's made me frame my life in a whole new way. And I appreciate you three so much. Much love, Jordan. Um, Jordan, Jordan we love you. I am basking so in this praise. I am. We love you, Jordan, oh, so we much. We love you. That is really sweet. That made my day. Yes. right me too so what do you guys think when did you when did you um divorce yourself from your youthful habits and when did you become more responsible like was it overnight and did you just one day just say you gotta grow the fuck up or or what i'll start yeah, yeah you start thinking about it mine was mine's a little painful to be honest because it has to do with my parents who are deceased now um and I, my, my mother got dementia and when I was, you know, when I really realized that this was happening and I'm the baby of the family, so I'm the youngest and I knew that my parents were elderly. Um, I realized that I'm not a trust fund kid. Let me make this very clear, but like, but I was an actor in New York for many years and worked he lived very, very hand to mouth. And I think I realized my dog wants to come in here. I think I realized, you know, I would like, if I really got into a tight spot, you know, I would like, I knew that my parents were there as a very last ditch. Like they could bail me out. It came at real cost. Like, you know, I, I, it was very painful for me to ask them for money, but you know, they, they were there as a kind of last resort if I need, if I needed them. Um, and when my mother was getting sick, um, I think I realized like that was not going to be there for me. And I didn't come from generational wealth. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. was really attached to money for me. Um, and I realized that I, in some ways, like had to certainly stabilize my life financially because my parents were not going to be there as this sort of like last ditch you know, emergency stopgap. And it, I really sobered up and like some part of me did change. So 
aging and money and parents and saying goodbye and like that, I think really sobered me up and in some ways made me look at my life and like make some, you know, pretty adult changes. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, I, I, you, I've known you for a really long time and, and I can't imagine how like jarring just losing your parents was and, um, you know, in such quick succession and just feeling like, okay, yeah. In a way, my story is similar. My parents are still both with us, um, thank goodness. But yeah, it was a sort of the same thing. Like they were always there as a safety net and I definitely did not grow up rich, but you know, we, we always had enough, you know, more than enough. And um, it, it kind of led to this. And, and also the fact that my parents, especially my dad, to this day, this conversation I had with him, you guys would not, you would not believe right before we started recording was, you know, I might as well be 18 or 15. Um, but uh, I realized that I could not rely on them as a safety net. I could not think of them as a safety net that they, you know, are going into their retired years. Money is money is uh, tight and it's at premium and they need all they can get and just you know I really just took a look at like you you've you've ridden this way for a while you've been an actor you've you've been scrappy you've been this you've been that but like ultimately they have been for there for you when you you needed help and it's just not it's just not acceptable anymore um and yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was just like a switch in my head. And I was like, okay, well, uh, the first thing was just getting a regular job. And yeah, I mean, I think I had like an ex very extended youth. You talk about the our, the the generations that have come after us, the, the Gen Y and the G Gen Zers being extraordinarily young especially the Gen Zers but you know I came from a pretty sheltered background and I think I had this extended sort of youth this is this is what we got to do we can be an artist we can we can be creative you know and but the first thing you have to do is take care of yourself and um yeah so gradual, some hard lessons, definitely not overnight. And I'm still working on it, to be quite honest, you know. Me too. But yeah. What about you, Camila? I feel like I'm still working on that as well. I think one of the things about, I don't know, maybe characterized as Gen X is that we were the first to go into a highly capitalistic, not the first, but I think we were the first to be aware that the system like really sucks. Like having your Monday through Friday, like nine to five, like really blows. To question we, it. What will we? Yeah. Go ahead. And we didn't want that for our lives, right? I mean, maybe I'm speaking for all Gen X, but we certainly didn't. And um, so I, I feel like I'm still fighting that fight, right? Like none of us are in standard 
career progressions. I know I have been in the past and I did not like it one bit. And so I never want to be in that situation again, if possible. My answer is kind of completely different, actually. So I feel like it's a little more banal maybe, but for me, feeling grown up was when I realized I didn't give a fuck what other people thought. Because I feel, I feel like I spent so much time worrying about whether I was cool and whether I was fitting in, especially in New York City where the pressure is just intense, you know, to, to um, behave slash dress slash like this, not that, that um, now I feel so much more comfortable with myself because I really don't care. I just express myself much more openly about how my weirdness is my quote unquote nerdiness is but yeah i mean that's kind of it in a in a nutshell and i feel really liberated by that because it's just i feel like i exerted so much pressure on myself to be a certain kind of person and when you don't feel that need anymore it's just great and then you can sort of grab you know you can let people gravitate toward you who accept the person that you are and vice versa i think everybody goes through that process and it takes a long you know they say that like high school is when it's clicking you're trying to fit in but it's well into your 20s and your 30s even i would say that you are conforming i think that's an interesting take that makes well, a lot think, of sense well. wow jt you really made us dig deep yeah good, really good questions <laughs> thank you for that we go and deep. We can go deep. That's right. And that is a great, that is one of the great things about getting older. Okay. Like, not giving a fuck. In the sciatica, <laughs> the gray hair. Um, it's not giving a fuck anymore, really. What? It's figuring it's out acceptance, authentic acceptance of yourself. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. And that is a really great really great thing yeah it's not all bad kids <laughs> it, it really isn't too. pull up your jeans and get with the program button up your shirt to the top i don't know if you're doing that or not i'm not sure i think it may be cool to button up your shirt to the top actually and don't take tick tock don't don't self-mutilate yourself for a beauty <laughs> Definitely don't do that. And don't fight about jeans, okay? No, please fight about jeans. It's fantastic. Genetic I, jeans or blue jeans. I've got to say, I really love the idea that your partner dies because you can't master the CRISPR machine. <laughs> um, on that, we should probably sign off since it's been more than an hour. We should. This has been terrific as always. Keep it perky. <laughs> Keep it perky. Uh, remember to A, subscribe. B, rate five stars only. Five stars C, only. Leave a review that is glowing. And uh, you, you can steal from JT. His verbiage was pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, vary it a little bit. Like, put your own spin on it. But, but it's pretty good. Um, can we actually just like write down what he said and add it as a review ourselves? Maybe, or maybe JT can do it. I yeah. mean, he's a super fan and we're a super fan of his, just to make that clear. 
Yes. Um, Kim, we have a special announcement about an upcoming thing that we're doing. Want to tell us? That's true. Yeah, you guys, we are doing a special live cast of Halfway There, Late and Sexy, Unedited, <laughs> Off the Cuff. You never know what we'll say. And believe me, we said some crazy things that you've heard during this podcast. Just think about the shit that was edited. There will be no editing. So Tuesday, July 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central. Is that right, Camilo? Nope. <laughs> just oh, one shit. hour. It's just one. 6 p.m. Okay. No, no. At Let's nine. Okay. No, at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then in LA, what time is it? That's what I meant to yeah. say. 6 p.m. Western Coast time pacific i think it's called pacific pacific uh edit that you, out i was sounding so capable there for a second okay so at night okay, 9 p.m <laughs> you're gonna i'm gonna make it so you have to edit it so i'm sounding very capable uh, this, this um, is all staying in <laughs> <laughs> anyway so but repeat it one more time camille this always happens i feel like all right so uh once again, this is our live on Clubhouse <laughs> episode. Did you even say that it was on Clubhouse? I don't think oh, no, I didn't get to that. You interrupted <laughs> okay. me. Live cast on Clubhouse. Okay, so it's a live cast. Unedited. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. I live in Central, so now I feel very strongly about, you know. But we're not going to leave Mountain out. So 7 p.m. Mountain to our, <laughs> to our high friends in Denver, the Mile High City as it's known, and now just high cheeky and uh, <laughs> 6 p.m pacific all right and 9 p.m atlantic standard time which very much confuses camilo but we won't get we won't get into that that's barbados time for for my caribbean friends Excellent. so please listen so where 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 will they listen and how will they listen okay so they just need to uh how did how's this really well prepared yes. all right so it's going to be on the clubhouse app look for the halfway there uh live cast yeah yeah you can find us you can go to the schedule um and you will see us amongst all the things just look for halfway there the podcast uh, hey, jen, hey jen what is clubhouse for those who don't know Oh, Clubhouse is like Facebook for your ears, right? <laughs> that does not sell it. That does not okay. sell this I'm, at all. Um, well, maybe for the Gen Zers, it's like it's like AOL, but like <laughs> uh, uh, audio. Because I feel like there's a the the '90s um, kitsch nostalgia factor that they might enjoy. Um, yeah, it's um, it's like chat rooms. That's what it is, but um, audio. Yeah, that's uh, so. Question. Anyway, yeah. Listen, if you don't have the Clubhouse app, which is available on iPhones and Androids, then you need to download the app. But you need to be invited. I know it's it's horrible. It sounds awful that it's an exclusive club. But you know what? We've got invitations. So if you don't have uh, an invite to the Clubhouse app, we're happy to share ours. Just let us know at halfway there the podcast at gmail.com or throughout various social media platforms, right? That's yeah. right. Correct. 
We can't wait to see you. That's yeah. a lot of news. Do we have anything else? That's oh, it. No, I think that's it. Continue uh, with your questions, though. I, it's kind of hard to uh, top Jordan T from New York, but oh, yeah. we love them and we will answer them to the best of our abilities. And we love you. That's I think right. we answered them far better than I expected <laughs> from us, but um, maybe there maybe there's something there. We exceeded your expectations, Camilo. <laughs> right. Really exceeded them. Well, till next time. <laughs> next time. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. Bye. Bye. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of halfway there. You get it.